Um, the size difference between Joey King and the guy who plays Noah made me very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like... You you are an eight-foot-tall Viking adult, and Joey King is a tiny pixie child. What's happening? <laughs> You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide, wide world of streaming teen rom-coms. I am one of your co-hosts, teen librarian and YA lit uh, expert, Martha Sullivan. And I am joined, as always, with my other co-host. I'm Marin Hagman, um, adult librarian and rom-com enthusiast. Uh, and we are here to talk about the 2018 Netflix adaptation the Kissing Booth. Uh, this is based off of a book by Beth Riekels that came out in 2012 uh, and stars Joey King, Jacob Alordi, Joel Courtney, uh, Molly Ringwald, and then a bunch of other people as various uh, students. Um, I'm not sure who plays... Joey King's father. The Netflix credits on this are in a very bizarre order. Um, um, but yeah, our our big three players are Joey King as L. Evans, Jacob Alordi as Noah Flynn, and Joel Courtney as Lee Flynn. Um, Marin, would you like to summarize this movie for us? Yeah, so the overarching plot of this movie is... Elle and Lee are best friends, um, and have been there literally, like, since the day they were born, um, and they have a series of rules over, you know, over their friendship, one of which includes not dating relatives, um, which becomes a problem as Elle, uh, has had a crush on Lee's older brother, Noah, um, and, but, uh, things kind of come to a head when Elle, through the accident of her pants ripping, um, has to wear an old, very short skirt to school, um, another student, um, harasses her, um, and Noah steps in and fights him, um, and... You know, Elle starts to get the sense a little bit that Noah might like her back. Um, in fundraising for their student council, Lee and Elle are having a hard time um, figuring out what to do to raise money. And so they decide to have the titular kitsing booth. Um, and as Noah is a very popular student, um, they lie and say that since he's Lee's brother, they will get him to do the kissing booth. Um, but, of course, they can't, um, because he doesn't want to do it. Um, so Elle ends up being forced to fill in and have her first kiss at this kissing booth. Um, and Noah, figuring this out, runs up and is the one to give her that kiss. Um, which sets off the fact that they do 
you know, have feelings for each other, um, and they secretly start seeing each other, um, because one of Lee and Elle's roles is no dating relatives, and Elle does not want to hurt Lee. Um, so she and Noah continue to see each other secretly, um, until, um, it, it, it is, you know, the, the game is up, um, when Lee sees Elle and Noah together, Noah is fixing a cut on her cheek, um, Lee is very hurt, um, then the last bits of the movie kind of center around Elle trying to make up with Lee, um, and they restore their friendship, um, and then in the last few scenes, Elle and Noah are able to restore their romantic relationship, uh, before he heads off to college. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, so one of the things that I have learned in the course of doing this podcast with you is that if you have a friendship that is predicated on a set of rules, <laughs> there are going to be there are going to be problems. Um, yep, illuminating those rules is just asking for those rules to be broken. Yeah. The other quick sidebar note I had listening to you summarize this movie is Elle didn't own a single pair of like bicycle shorts or leggings oh. or something that also, she could have worn. She under wore her the skin. pants at her waist. Like, come on, push those down. Wear them on your hips. Like there were room there was room for those pants to go down. Yes. Um, so I had actually watched this movie, um, I watched it a few months ago just for funsies. Uh, so this was my second time watching it, uh, but it was your first. So what yes. did you think of the movie? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Well, this is what I thought of the movie is that I think that, and I found, I have found out that. Joey King, who plays Elle, and Jacob Elordi, who plays Noah, uh, actually dated for a year after filming this movie, um, which to me makes a ton of sense, because I think that this movie is very well served by their actual legit chemistry. Um, I agree. Which, those movie, like, that director and screenplay writer better thank the stars for, because... Like, the actual script is pretty horrible. So it's they, very bad. It's very bad. So I think they just lucked out in finding leads who had chemistry. Um, because, yeah, there were so many problems with this movie. Like, first of all, I mean, just right out of the gate, let, let's get through the fact that, like, Noah has these very violent tendencies that everyone seems to brush under the table. So Noah, okay. My thesis statement for this episode is that Noah is an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, like, ugh. I mean, and the movie kind of couches it in, oh, but he only fights for a good reason or only fights to defend people, but he apparently keeps fighting. Like, at some point, does no one... I have a concern that he has no other strategies for resolving conflict than his face. Well, and also, this is in addition to the fact that we find out that he spent he has spent 
it sounds like quite a long time telling people like warning people away from dating L. Yes, he has like and manipulated behind the scenes. So um. we find out that he has been like trying to control who she hangs out with and we we kind of see that kind of play out more um throughout the movie but yeah that very first thing is like he tries to control who she hangs out with he tries to control what she does um and it's it's all i think they try to contextualize it in a like he's protecting her or looking out for her but he's only a year older than she is girl does not need your help my dude (laughs) Well, and another gross, like, along with that storyline, like, another gross thing this movie does. So, we find out that he has been steering all the dudes away from her uh, when she agrees to go on a date with the guy who sexually harassed her and touched, like, um, which, oh, I just had so many problems with. I could not believe they decided to go there, that she would go on this date with this guy who literally felt her up in front of the whole student body because her skirt was short. Um, well, let's not let's not forget that the reason she forgives him is that he agrees to wear... Is it her skirt or just a skirt? I think it's just a skirt. Because men wearing skirts is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so she agrees to go on a date with this dude who sexually harassed her, and he doesn't show, and tells her later it's because Noah has threatened every dude um, who wants to romantically pursue Elle. Which, I, I will say that I'm at least glad they gave a reason for that, even though the reason sucks. Right. Because the first time I was watching this, I was like, Joey King is adorable. Like, she seems very, um, like, she seems very cute and charming. And I do not believe that this is a scenario in which, like, oh, she's super unpopular and no boys like her. So at least they, like, wrote a reason in for that, because I get very upset when... I'm supposed to believe that a teen is completely outcast for no reason. Um, but the reason is a bad reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was pretty bad. Um, so let's see what else besides the violent streak. Um, well, okay. So even moving on from Noah, another gross thing this movie did. Um, so it wasn't even the fact that, like, Noah was entitled to control her life, but that Lee was entitled to control her life. Like, where on earth does... I mean, obviously it's one thing for friends to be like, hey, I don't think you should date that person because they're not nice, or, like, whatever. Like, certainly friends can offer an opinion about one's choices in life, but the fact that Lee was, like... You choose to date my brother, so I will not be your friend because I get to have the control in your life to have you follow our rules and you have broken one of our rules. Yeah, you know, like, oh, that was so gross. I, okay, so I can kind of understand 
if I'm if I'm friends with somebody in high school and they have an extremely attractive older sibling who is like that close to us in age I I actually I can kind of see where Lee would be like please don't date my brother because like we're all extremely close in high school and if you guys break up that would be super awkward but they don't talk about it that way no like there's never there's never any sort of logical underpinning behind except that you know later in the movie we find out that it's basically because Lee has not been enjoying being in his brother's shadow um which again does feel like a very valid reason for him to not want that but also L gets to have agency yeah i don't i'm not going to give Lee the credit there i don't think that i mean certainly he's entitled to be upset but I don't think he's entitled to have the vast overreaction. I mean, when he finds out, like, they literally, like, come to blows, um, the brothers. Um, so, I don't know. I kind of lost... I could have seen a, like, oh, I'm very hurt by this. But the just the, like, rank entitlement of... You have betrayed me. Bah, bah, bah. Like. Yeah. I wish they'd focused it more on, wow, I'm mad that you lied to me about this. Right. Like, that I would have had some more sympathy for. Um, but no, instead it was all about, um, like, just the fact that he is entitled to run this aspect of her life essentially oh yeah when he when he says like you were the only thing that my that i had oh and i was like oh sir yeah i full body cringed at that i was like oh god no no and it's like well my dude you don't have her either because she is a human being yeah she is not an object that you possess. Um, I I think it is interesting that we made this movie in our year of the Lord, 2019. Um, I did not, I have not read this book, uh, but it came out in 2012, which still seems... Seems too recent. Like, I would have expected this to come out in... I don't know, 1995? Like. Yeah, I could see it as a 90s movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I was, I was surprised that we went, because there's also, there's a lot of, like, being afraid of boobs humor. Yeah. Like, there's a scene, there's a scene where she goes, she gets a lot of paint on her face because she and Lee have a paint fight, which I guess is supposed to be cute, but, um, so she goes to the bathroom to wash off and she takes her shirt off and she's wearing a top underneath her shirt that we have already seen in the movie is a bikini top. So like, it's not a bra. Um, and then the joke ends up being that she is actually in the boys bathroom and they, and then she has a really stupid encounter with Noah where he tries to police what she does with her body um, and she ends up doing a little, like, 
I don't know. It's it's like it's too innocent to be a striptease. And again, she's wearing a swimsuit. It's not a bra. Right. And everyone's acting like like all the boys are reacting like she's getting naked. And I was like, this is not ris- this is not risque to the level that you are reacting to it as. And it it all just came across as a very like, <gasps> yeah, girl girls' bodies are weird and we never see them. And I don't know. That felt like a very strange um, direction for them to take the humor in, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, and like you said, it just felt really anachronistic. Like, this is something that, yeah, would, would have flown as a, like, cheap, like, made-for-TV movie version of... Oh, my gosh. Why am I blanking on the name of the one with Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr.? She's all that? She's all that. Like... Yeah. Like, this seems like a... Yeah, made-for-TV version of She's All That. Like, not... Like, something that would be made in 2018. Also, is the whole concept... Like, do people do carnival kissing booths anymore like is that a thing i have certainly never encountered one in my life and admittedly i have not been to a whole lot of teen fundraising carnivals um but even that concept felt very dated to me yeah yeah that seemed i mean honestly even more 80s like that yeah maybe Maybe that's what was really bothering me about this. Like, at the end of the day, this felt more similar to, like, 16 Candles yes. than it to um, some of the other movies we've been watching. How old is this author? Like, is this author a... Oh, my gosh. This author is younger than us. How is that possible? I also want to say, I find Joey King to be very cute and very charming. I think whoever was directing her should go to prison. Yeah. I I found her, like, she, she was overacting in a way that I felt like was almost, was distracting. Like every everything that happened, she had these huge expressions that were they almost look like facial exercises, the way that she was moving <laughs> her face. And I, I wanted to tell her, like, girl, you can calm down. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know. I was just so caught up in how terrible all these men were. I kinda all of it. I kinda that one got lost in the shuffle for me. <laughs> Also, our listeners will know that I'm a big fan of when parents get to be part of the action. Um, her dad was only part of this movie when the movie decided that it needed him to be. Um, how many nights did she just spend out away from home? Yeah. And sometimes sometimes her dad would check up on her and sometimes he wouldn't. 
Well, and I think we were supposed to understand that, um, you know, because her mom passed away when she was relatively young, you know, that he maybe hasn't quite gotten himself together in terms of being a single parent. Um, like, there's a scene where he calls in, um... L or sorry, he calls him Lee and Noah's mom, who we find out one of the reasons L and Lee have been best friends their whole lives is their moms were best friends. Um, although I think I was a little unclear from the start, but I think the idea was like, was it they met at the hospital or had their moms been friends before that? I couldn't remember. We get both. We get both in the movie because I thought the movie opens with them being born on the same day at the same time, and their moms becoming friends. But then Molly Ringwald tells us that she and Elle's mom were friends for over twenty years. Okay, thank you for also being confused because I was that confused me. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so I I do believe that the script tells us both of those things. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, by order of. Longest piece of information. We'll say they were friends before they met in the hospital. But yeah, we do find out that Molly Ringwald, Lee, and Noah's mother was her her mom's best friend. And she's, like, called in to, like, talk about lady stuff. Because her dad, I guess, feels uncomfortable with, you know, talking about Elle's love life. Um, So that struck me as a, like, ooh, her dad is... Her dad is having a rough time. Um, And I also got the sense that, like, her mom had passed away not that long ago. Like, the shots we see of Elle with her mom in the hospital, like, she doesn't look that much younger. Yeah, I I think in the, like, speed-up montage that we get at the beginning of the movie, um, Elle begins to be played by Joey King when she is 14. Yeah. So I assumed that it was around then. So that would be like two to three-ish years ago. Yeah, so not not that long ago. Um, yeah. So, so I will cut that down a little slack, but yeah, it's still... Uh, mostly you still I wonder. Just, yeah, mostly I just found it jarring that we would vacillate between don't ride on that boy's motorcycle and you've been out all night with no apparent consequence. Yeah. Yeah, that was very jarring. So how do we how do we fix this movie? Oh, well, I mean, I think, you know, you fix it by I mean, A, I think you capitalize on that chemistry between Joey King and Jacob Alordi. Um I think you just have to do away with the whole violent, like... Yeah, I don't think he needs to get into fights. I yeah. think we can just... Oh, the other the other moment when I was like, oh, this man is abusive, is when um, he's telling Elle to get in the car at some point, and then he yells it and hits the car. Oh, yeah! I, yeah. I don't remember what the circumstances oh was that I think it's when they're the leaving the that party. party yeah at the and beach. yeah he's he's yeah so she's walking away and he tells her to get in the car and she doesn't and then he ends up yelling 
Elle get in the car and like punching the car and I was like girl run yeah <laughs> do not get in that car <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the anger issues, because we never really deal with them either. Like, she just says, stop getting into fights. And he says, okay. Right. And then that is it. Like, her Apparently. woman magic, like, cures him of this anger and aggression. Not, you know, therapy. Yeah, the... Also, we're supposed to believe that he got into Harvard while having a rap sheet a mile long at his school. Do they know that, like, schools send those type of documents on to colleges? Like... Yeah, that was another thing where I was like, we didn't need this. Like, he could have gone away to school anywhere. It didn't have to be Harvard. Yeah. And that to me was just gross because it's like we're going to say that this incredibly like violent and unhinged boy like will get into this elite educational institution like we're going to continue perpetuating the myth that Harvard is the only college worth going to. Yeah. And if you can't get into Harvard, you may as well kill yourself. (laughs) But, oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, I think the whole anger thing just has to go. Like for this to work, um, I also think yeah, I think refocusing Lee's hurt from "you're dating my brother" to "you lied to me," um, I think is also necessary. Agreed. And and it's a shame because I think that like the tension of secret like that to me were the those to me were the best scenes in the movie. The like secret relationship, like, ooh, we gotta hide out. You know? So like I think you really a lot that tension could really carry a lot of the movie. You don't need all that extra drama. Yes. Um I would have cut out at least half of the montages. Oh, see, I like the montages. I I like a good montage. montage. I like a good montage. I just felt like there were... I felt like a quarter of this movie was montage. Yeah, that's true. And that felt a little... Lazy? A little bit? Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I... I do love a good montage. But these were all like... "Mm." And maybe part of it was every time Elle was alone with Noah, I was afraid for her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, as I said, I thought their montage of them dating um, was actually one of the better scenes in the movie. Because I think we needed more of it. I mean, maybe it needed to not be a montage or needed to be a much slower moving montage where we get scenes of them, like, being together. And again, I think that Joey King and Jacob Lordy's very cute chemistry just kind of carried that. Um, I will say, I thought it was a little wild that no one else saw them. Or, like... I bought that. They live in L.A. It's a big city. I guess, but we also have... 
we we are also told that like every girl that goes to that school is obsessed with Noah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they would go far enough to like follow him though. No, but we also get we we get at least one scene of Elle leaving school on Noah's motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I just think that a better source of conflict for this movie would have been, like, someone seeing them and like that being what threatens to ruin it, right? Rather than that stupid fight that he gets into with his brother. Yeah. Again, because I think if they had just focused, like, on. The, the secret romance aspect, I think it would have. That would have been enough. Like, you don't need all of that literal screaming and shouting. So, yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I... I didn't care for this one. Yeah, and this, it just made me doubly mad, because like I said, like, wasted potential of here are these two actors with really good chemistry, and they could have made such a better movie of it. There is apparently a sequel coming out. I saw that. Anticipated release date is, um... Probably next summer sometime, but sometime in 2020. Yeah. So, I will be be interested to see where that goes. I don't know if I will have the heart to watch. So, I, yeah, I, I would ask at this point, do we recommend this movie? But I think for both of us, that's going to be a no, dog. Yep. That's a no that's for me, dog. That's a no from me, dog. But what would we recommend? What can we recommend to our listeners that they can enjoy instead of this movie? Oh, yeah. Um, so I went with, because Netflix is in the process, Netflix and Shonda Rhimes are in the process of adapting some of her books into a series. I Julia Quinn, who is one of the kind of major romance novelists, um, has been on my mind. So this actually made me think of a Julia Quinn book um, with the falling in love with older brother's best friend trope. Um, that was just delightful. So I would say everyone should go read it instead. Um, it's called Just Like Heaven, by again, by Julia Quinn. Um, and it's about Honoria, um, whose brother has been... Um, banished because he has this guy who is trying to kill him. Um, her brother, yeah, this guy has a grudge against her brother, and so her brother has been forced to flee the country, and so her brother's best friend has been tasked with kind of keeping an eye out for her and just, you know, making sure she's okay, um, and you, you see where this is going, they fall in love, and it's very sweet, and the main character, the brother's best friend, Marcus, is just such a cinnamon roll, and... He just wants Honoria to be good, and he doesn't want to take advantage of the fact that he's, you know, 
her older brother's best friend and and it's also it's very funny it's it definitely leans more into the calm than the rom um because yeah there's a lot of hijinks um one involving a tea shop that's pretty funny anyway everyone should go read just like heaven by julia quinn instead of watching this movie uh, I also have a book to recommend. I was inspired by um, what I do think are some very beautiful shots of L.A. I thought that a lot of the cinematography in this movie was quite nice and made me want to go somewhere like warm with a cool pier that I could hang out with or hang out on rather. Um, but so I'm recommending the book The Summer of Jordi Perez and the Best Burger in Los Angeles by Amy Spaulding which is a super fun summary YA romance um, featuring Abby, who is a plus-sized teen fashionista who scores a really cool internship at a boutique in L.A. um, and uh, develops a crush on her fellow intern, Jordy. Um, And so it's about kind of the development of their relationship and also her quest with one of her guy friends to find the best burger in Los Angeles, which is a journey that I can get behind. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, super fun summary. No, uh, no problematic anger issues. Uh, Actually, if they turned this one into a movie, I... I feel like it would it would deliver a lot of the same visual stuff as the kissing booth, but like a much more satisfying and entertaining story to enjoy <laughs> <laughs> against the backdrop of LA. <laughs> so, quick announcement for our listeners: we are going to be taking the next episode off. Uh, normally, um, we would be back in two weeks, but that's going to be almost exactly Christmas or the day after Christmas. So we are going to take a break to enjoy the family, to enjoy our families, uh, and the holiday. Mm -hmm. And we invite you to do the same. We will be back two weeks after that. Uh, we are dipping our toe into the Disney Plus book of offerings with one straight out of both Marn and my adolescence, The Princess Diaries. (laughs) A classic and important movie, and yes. I'm very excited to rewatch it. Yes, so every once in a while we need to take a break from uh, these team rom-coms that try so hard and just don't deliver and return to an old uh, favorite. So we will be back in four weeks uh, to talk about The Princess Diaries. Um, in the meantime, you are welcome to keep an eye on this feed where our sister show releases on alternating Wednesdays with us. Uh, that would be Did You Do Your Homework featuring me, uh, Marin's partner Pete, and a rotating cast of guest hosts. Um, you can follow us on social media at DYDYH Podcast on Twitter and also Instagram. You can follow me personally on social media on all the places at Magical Martha, including my newsletter, which I release whenever I feel like it. Um, I just put out an issue with my top 10 books of the decade, which was an extremely difficult list to write. Uh, But you can find that at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Marin, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, um, where I tweet quite a bit about romance novels and maps and the state of Minnesota. 
Uh, quick sidebar about romance Twitter. Have you been following um, the current romance Twitter controversy? Oh no, what new one happened? Oh. I Twitter has changed there. I used to be able to follow it as a topic, and they have changed their setup, and I have, like, the last two weeks been unable to figure out how to re-add topics to follow, so I feel like I'm very out of the Twitter loop. Yeah, Twitter is bad. No one should use it. Um, but most recently, I guess there is a romance author out there with a series of books about a 15-year-old gymnast and her illicit romance with her 30-year-old coach. So the romance community seems divided between this is disgusting and also read the room, maybe, and people who are like, well, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have to shame someone else's book. Oh, boy. Um, and also the, I think, very real uh, criticism where if a happily ever after is not possible because one of the parties in question is a criminal who should be in prison, this is not a romance novel. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been super fun to watch. I am only sort of peripherally tapped into romance Twitter. Um, but this has been... <laughs> wow. Yeah, I... Wow, I have not heard of that one. Um, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but anyway, what is great is listening to our show and reading our recommendations and coming back in a couple weeks to help us talk about the Anne Hathaway classic, The Princess Diaries. Happy, happy things. <laughs> happy things. Uh, thank you all for listening, and just remember that we love ya. Yeah, let me find... Yeah. We're we're done recording now. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) Good Lord.